Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Go to strengthguild.com, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-G-U-I-L-D.com. Scroll down to the Iron Radio Collections, and we've got new shirts and new banners for you to support the show. Everything from just a regular banner, regular shirt, to ones with sayings on them, like Lonnie's Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree shirt. And some news for you, we're going to have some contests for people who own these shirts and things. So if you support the show, we'll let you more on that later. So if you get in on these early, you can be one of the first people to win some prizes. So, thank you very much. Go check out the site, strengthguild.com. Scroll down to Iron Radio Collections and support the show. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a sports nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm in Strength Guild. I'm a strength coach, powerlifter, and handling games athlete. Hey, this is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, faculty member at the Kerrigan Institute, and still at home. Still at home. Well, new record. Period. Yeah, I was going to say. Longest period in probably like four years. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Are all your trips canceled for the time being? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like everything through June just got, yeah. Oh. And then now some of the stuff that got pushed out, they're like, well, we don't even know. And yeah. I was on yesterday with one of the organizations, and they're pushing all their stuff out again. And, yeah, so I... I Pretty much, I want to do the stuff as soon as it's able to, but at this point, I've kind of written everything off. Yeah, that's my my nephew's my nephew's living with us, and we got an email. He's a senior in high school. We got an email from his school yesterday that said the board met and we decided on your new graduation date. Your graduation ceremony is going to be August twenty third. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, you get a you get to graduate when the next school year starts. <clears throat> right. I've been hearing some stuff through university channels. Some of the bigger schools in Ohio are now talking about even just making fall semester online because, you know, second wave or uh, yeah. like in Ohio, we did pretty well. We flattened the curve pretty well, but that's going to prolong the curve. Right. And then when you add in yep. second wave and all that, it's and yet at the same time, a lot of these universities, you know, residence halls are big revenue streams. And you and oh, yeah. you cut that out, and that's millions of bucks. But then you got to balance that with the millions in lawsuits. If mom and dad send Johnny or Janie to college, and then before you know it, they're on a ventilator. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. unlikely. In sometimes a young there's just not off-campus housing in those areas either, because a lot of yeah. places have just you know dorms, and that's the main thing. They don't really have any other options per se. Yes, very true. Like that's that's actually true of my university. It's not a heavy yeah. commuter school, so what do you do? You know, yeah. I, if anything, it's going to be new normal. Because if if they want me to actually show up to teach in person, because remember, I mean, universities they I go back on contract August one, you know. Oh wow! And then school usually starts about the eighteenth or something, just past mid month. And I'm thinking, well. Do I get a mask? Uh, is there going to be Purell by the podium? Because you know what it's like, Mike, in the classroom or Phil in the gym. Like People are they're, they're three feet away from you, and they're just yeah. sneezing at you or coughing. I'm like, come on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, not to sound alarmist, but these are just realities. There's going to be a in, until there's a vaccine widely available. There's just going to be a and you know and I don't know antibody test or something. There's just going to be a very new kind of quasi normal way of operating. I got to think. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, it's um, I would. Of course, I want a vaccine sooner than later, but I would be extremely impressed if it was 18 months. I got a feeling it's two to three years. Exactly. And that, well, I'd be honestly, if they came out with a vaccine tomorrow, I'd be a little scared. You know, you didn't test it at all. Yeah. (laughs) Rushed. Yeah. This one's a little tricky to make a vaccine for. So that would be like the fastest time to ever make a vaccine because, as you guys know, like people forget that vaccines are tested to the highest level because. You're putting them in people who are already healthy, yes. right? So it's even a higher standard than treating a, a pathology per se. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, what about your gym, Phil? I mean, uh, it's all sort of—I don't want to say semi-private because I mean you accept people, of course, all the time, but it is sort of an acceptance process. Are you going to open as soon as they let you, essentially? Or yeah, we're just not taking. I mean, I stopped taking anybody new before we got the clock and everything. It's like, we're just sticking with who we got okay. for now. Yeah. And, uh, and now we got nothing going on. Pretty much everybody's training at home. But like I said, they borrowed equipment and things like that. But yeah, we'll get back up and rolling. I mean, and just our people aren't stupid. <laughs> they're not going to cough on each other before this happened. They stay away if they're sick. You know, we kind of have a group mentality. Nobody wants to hurt each other's. We all, we're all serious train trainers. So, mm-hmm. Nobody wants to mess up somebody else's deal. So it's like, I'm going to stay away. I'll do some stuff at home you know, until I feel better. What are you doing as far as sanitation? I mean, if people can spread things before they're symptomatic and stuff, are you just tripling up on how often you wipe down the barbells? Or, I mean, how does that work? Yeah, we got bottles of spray and stuff. Like, I got one guy that still comes in at 5.30 a.m. alone, and he just carries his little bottle of spray and wipes down everything before and after he touches it and stuff like that. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just keeping it. Keeping it simple and not hacking and coughing on each other and kind of staying away from each other. It's it's weird being dead in there. See, I still go there and train because I can because I own the place. Right. Um, yep. And it's weird because I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got all this space for myself for so many activities. So, but uh, yeah, well, it's it's you know we're ready. Good. We'll yeah. see. Uh, well, that's almost a segue, everybody. After the break, after we do a little bit of mail and news, we're gonna just talk about eating during the lockdown. Uh, Mm -hmm. what are your goals what's different you know pros and cons that kind of stuff i mean obviously we have a sports nutrition interest here so uh let's start with a a little piece of news strength and muscle sport news this was written by kara marker for lab roots i believe too much salt is bad for the immune system so this is interesting, of course, because over the months we've had people come on with different opinions on higher sodium diets. But this one says excessive salt intake is associated with health consequences beyond just the cardiovascular system, of course. Here they say the immune system seems to be negatively affected as well. In a new study, researchers discovered novel evidence that excessive salt intake reduces the strength of the immune system, despite past evidence that indicates otherwise with other variables, basically. So here it says, Hmm. past studies of lab animals infected with skin parasites showed that a high-salt diet was actually to the animal's advantage. That's interesting to me. Um, Hmm. So sort of a skin biome thing going on, or obviously we have different white blood cells targeting different invaders. 
Here it says, just mechanistically, during the regulatory process, kidneys filter salt out of the body, of course, remove it via the urine. However, the same sensor that triggers salt removal also triggers glucocorticoid accumulation, which inhibits granulocyte function. So, right, high cortisol levels suppress your immune system. It says glucocorticoids are a type of anti-inflammatory hormone known for suppressing the immune system. And granulocytes are the most common type of immune cell found in the blood. So my thoughts immediately go to neutrophils, of course. They're probably 60% of all of your white blood cell soldiers and first on the scene and very targeted toward bacteria and even muscle remodeling when you get sore. Uh, Researchers first studied a mouse model of high salt consumption, observing an increased amount of severe bacterial infections. So again, not, hmm. not looking at the skin, but just looking at bacterial infections thought to occur because of a reduced uh, granulocyte uh, function. And again, I tend to think neutrophils. But And then it says, in a human study, participants consumed an additional six grams of salt per day. So this is a high salt diet. Wow. Uh, the equivalent That's salt, additional, right? Uh, yeah, additional. Uh, the equivalent salt content of two fast food meals, it says, according to the researchers. Uh, and then they analyzed blood samples, and they found, again, reduced white blood cell function in response to bacterial growth. Now, a, a lot of this talk is about bacteria, and of course, the current pandemic is a viral problem, not bacterial. So it's the immune response is different and all that kind of stuff. But it does say, according to the FDA, Americans consume 3,400 milligrams of salt per day, so 3.4 grams a day, which is more than a gram necessary right 1100 milligrams more than recommended so i don't know it's just one of those things if you're eating at home this sort of is going to bleed into our topic but um you're probably getting much less salt than if you eat out frankly Uh, at home canned things soups and sauces are kind of the big one it's not all salt shaker i think our listeners know that but yeah, this was interesting, though, to me, that too much salt. Again, the, the title is a little bit of clickbait, bad for the immune system, because, of course, everybody's thinking about viral immunology and yeah. stuff like that. And this is bacterial stuff. Um, but still, you don't want to get some kind of bacterial infection either, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some immune things about salt. Have you heard anything about salt and immune function, Mike or Phil? The only thing I've seen a little bit is that... And again, I haven't done a deep dive on it, but it looks like if you're generally healthy, right, and whatever text you use for that and move and exercise, that your body seems to kind of deal with it pretty good. However, if you start getting more unhealthy and you lack movement, then people tend to probably overconsume, and and you've got the whole people who may be salt sensitive in terms of hypertension, but even that's probably not the majority of people, and I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't think it's probably as, quote, bad as what we thought it was. It's probably useful if you're pretty good with your nutrition, maybe. But outside of that, I don't know. It just gets really messy. And most people are probably over-consuming it, would be my guess. But I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, the only thing I – the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, you know, are these active people that train really hard? Because I think I've seen a lot where – where we have an active person that trains really hard and they get healthy conscience and they cut salt and then it's problematic. They're actually not yeah. getting enough salt uh, because they're sweating it out so much. Mm-hmm. So 
you got to identify the population they're studying here. For so sure. <laughs> comparatively to where you are, you know, us, we're, we're a small percentage of the population. We can handle things different. We kind of play by different rules. So Yeah, oftentimes. This is University of Bonn uh, Science in Translational Medicine, it looks like, if, mm. uh, if anybody wants to do a, a mm. deeper dive about them. Yeah, typically when they say healthy people, of course, unless they say trained, they don't mean even recreationally fit, probably, you know. So there's that. In fact, I think about that a lot. We've been talking about it over the weeks, but even when you talk about underlying conditions and how that leads strongly to hospitalizations and people getting very ill from COVID-19, if you think about it, like, what you know, almost three quarters of Americans are overweight or obese. You know, the percentages are always going up. That's an underlying condition right there, you know, or or sedentary. You know, there's this ongoing debate over the years is can you be healthy and sedentary? Well, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, just being sedentary itself is, I would think, an underlying condition in a lot of ways. And to your point, Phil, our our listeners are probably not going to really um, fit that bill that much. But anyway, so, yeah, eating at home, it's probably going to lower your salt intake, I would argue, anyway, unless you're somebody who likes, you know, eat salted <laughs> anchovy pizza or something like that or <laughs> living on five cans of soup a day mm-hmm. or even two cans. Um, one piece of mail then before I ask you guys some questions about your uh, diets right now. This is from journalist Andrew. Uh, he says, I'm a fitness journalist. One of the good ones, I promise. A big fan of Iron Radio. Thanks so much for doing what you've been doing all these years. I'm writing a blurb right now on the question of how long it takes to lose muscle mass. Obviously, that's a hot topic now because so few of us can get to the gym. Any thoughts about this? So I replied, and I thought if we had a discussion, it wouldn't ruin uh, what he's going to write. So, um, Phil, what about like the from in the trenches approach here? Um, are you going? Are you worried about muscle loss right now? And how long before you start thinking, hey, maybe I'm losing some mass? Yeah, I'm not worried at all right now. Um, <laughs> with what's going on? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm honestly kind of training as I was before this. So, I mean, it doesn't take that lot. All I'm doing is some kettlebell swings and simple things like that. If you're doing something, it's a lot harder to lose it than it is to gain it. You know, you can hang on to what you got pretty easily if you stay fairly active and train. I mean, and there's lots of stuff I could do without a kettlebell. I could do push-ups and bodyweight squats and this and that. Yeah. Now, the only thing that's going to hit me is like, if I did nothing like that for a month and I went back to squat 700 pounds, it would feel really heavy on my back. So the proprioception and maybe the mental side would be hurting a little bit just from not having the weight on me. Good point. But I, I, I have to feel, you know, with a couple sessions, things would be right back to where they're at. So, I mean, I'm not going and I don't think anybody that I hang around is just going to go total blob for the quarantine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not just going to sit on the couch and, and take it. Uh, generally people that train hard are going to figure out something during this to keep themselves active. So right. uh, it doesn't take, in my experience, uh, a whole ton to hang on to what you got. I think that may actually be the issue with a lot of people that are like panicking right now is either a, they're not familiar with some of the physiology and uh, <laughs> I'll ask Dr. Nelson to dive into that a little, but also, yeah, they're just panicked. It's the same kind of people who, when I do research, I can't get them to take two freaking days off before they come in. <laughs> You know, it's like, listen, I, I need you not sore. Don't train for two days. 
and I can't get them to do it. They're like, no, I don't want to do the study. I'm like, it's two days. Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, I remember God years ago. You guys remember Rob talking about like taking a month off, you know, from he- yeah. really heavy lifting. And other than the mental side, or like you said, Phil, like what it feels like in the proprioception. A lot of times, people will hit a PR. You know, when they're yep. long time lifters, they're like mid career or late career lifters. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they come in and they're you know, has a little bit of muscle loss begun if you did nothing like bed rest. Sure, that probably yeah. starts within a couple of days. But before you notice something, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's so hard, like we talked about before the show. Like, even to run a study to actually look at that, right? You'd have to look at surrogate markers of muscle breakdown and, and protein synthesis, right? To look at the balance. That gives you a rough idea of kind of molecularly what's going on. Um, you can, there's a great uh, study I'm blanking on. Oh, pizza delivery. Sorry about that. Pizza. Yeah. Um, they looked at uh, what even markers of muscle hypertrophy do we use, right? Do we use fiber? Do we use whole body, MRI? And, and a lot of them don't even agree with each other per se. So what measurement would you use to determine that you actually even lost, you know, protein in the muscle? So I would say kind of like Phil that I think there's a huge difference between doing nothing, right? So we can look at uh, cast studies immo- where they immobilize limbs. Uh, there's some stuff from NASA's done a lot of uh, head down uh, bed rest studies. There's one they did for, I have it here, overview of NASA 70-day bed rest study where you're laying at a slight uh, tilt down and you don't even get up to use the bathroom. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're not moving at all. So I think there's a big difference between that and just hanging out and not lifting at all. I think if you're even moderately active and doing some lifting, I don't really think you're going to lose much at all. I mean, in my experience, which again is anecdotal when I was doing my PhD and stressed out of my mind, I was probably only lifting one, two days a week maybe. But, you know, I did things like keep a kettlebell under my desk, do some push-ups, you know, stuff like that. And I didn't make great progress, but, you know, once I got back to normal-ish training, I wasn't really, like, that far behind either. Mm-hmm. So I think just trying to do something is going to be much better than nothing because, you know, it's maintenance, not necessarily trying to get new gains. I think there's a big difference between those two. Yeah, the the maintenance, I agree with you guys very much. That's the experience talking, right, as much as, yeah. as it is the journals, for sure. Yeah. Um, here's a couple of quotes. This is a... Portman's, P-O-O-R-T-M-A-N-S, Brazilian Journal of Medicine Biology Research 2012. Let's see here. Just They just kind of spell it out. Uh, Total protein synthesis in adult human subjects is about 3 grams per kg per day. 3 grams (laughs) per kg. So uh, while protein turnover is about 5.7 grams per kg per day, Protein degradation in human skeletal muscles estimated from the release of tyrosine in the presence of insulin and amino acids is, you know, again, comparatively small numbers. Now, compare that to I have an older textbook. Well, it's updated periodically, but it's the Groff and Gropper Advanced Nutrition Book. They say whole body protein turnover in humans is correlated to their metabolic mass, 4.6 grams per kg body weight uh, daily. So, again... So they say for a 70-kilogram male, that's a, a smallish 154-pound guy, whole-body protein turnover, 320 grams daily. So you figure even for mm. a large mammal, four or 500 grams 
total turnover. That's not just on the synthesis side or the breakdown. Um, are you going to see that? I, no, not not for weeks, right? We were just, uh. again, talking before we hit the record button. Um, it, on yourself, you'd probably have to have a five-pound difference in either fat loss or muscle gain to notice much. And other people, you probably they'd, – they'd require maybe a 20-pound difference before they're saying, hey, man, you're looking jacked or, you know, you're looking mm-hmm. – you're looking a little smaller there. Uh, so that's a, an awful lot. And that's not going to happen over days or just a couple of weeks. C- certainly not noticeable. I mean, XFIS 101 says body comp equipment because it estimates everything, even stuff like underwater weighing, bod pod. Um, you know, it's going to take a minimum of four to six weeks for that to even detect anything. And that's with aggressive changes. And so, you know. It says uh, the rate of synthesis and degradation can be influenced by a variety of factors related to nutrition, uh, including immediate food intake. So one of the things that I was suggesting uh, to Andrew was just basically something, Mike, I know you agree with very much, is try to eat maybe 30 or 40 grams of protein four or five times a day. You may four times a day times 40 grams. That's a nice, even way to look at that. Um, That way you're taking advantage of periodic, regular protein synthesis, you know, a little bit of background insulin uh, certainly doesn't hurt as far as helping to maintain body size and all that or keeping up free testosterone concentrations. And uh, and I agree with both you guys. I mean, you could probably literally get away with stuff like calisthenics and stuff. If, if That's going to make a huge difference compared to bed rest or, or a cast. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I wouldn't yeah. sweat it, yeah. Andrew. <clears throat> Yeah, and anyone who's had injuries realizes that pretty fast. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a time where I completely ripped out my right arm from the socket and had to have it plastered to my side for eight weeks. And you're not even moving it. I'm not even supporting the weight of the arm. I couldn't do anything because I had to wait for all the soft tissue to stitch back together before I could even start PT. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, like, I could play games with my triceps. They, like, blew in the wind, you know, and your mm-hmm. arm is, like, about half the size of your other arm. Um, but that's absolutely zero movement at all so yeah that's a big difference from just being a normal living human and just not going to the gym mm-hmm. yes plus it rebounds incredibly fast i mean yeah from those, it came back uh, anybody who's had a cast knows that like you know like three yeah. weeks later you're like oh my god you know so i do think it'd be interesting i have not looked at the data about advanced lifters and whether or not they hold on to things better or whether they just have so much muscle mass, it's trivial. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a couple of pounds is trivial on a 270-pound person, you know, as opposed to like a 110-pound person. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder if they have more muscle memory effect, too, because of the satellite cells and just the changes in the architecture over time, that that maybe comes back a little bit faster, too. But... That's what I'm thinking, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's go ahead and we'll go to break. When we come back, everybody, we're going to offer some tips for eating during the lockdown. So we'll be back in just a minute. Hello, dear ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. Uh, so I'm here to tell you about uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson's uh, new book, uh, Why You Should Eat Keto. I don't do it because, I mean, look at me. Come on, I'm fabulous and I'm fantastic. Anyway, you should text uh, Keto ebook all in one word to 44222 to receive your free copy. Do it. Do it now. 
Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit uh, royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Right, everybody, we're back. It's Mike and Phil and Lonnie, and we're just going to talk about eating during this whole shelter-in-place thing that's going on for so much of the country. I know not all states are doing it to the same extent, but you know, Phil's gym is closed to the public and that sort of thing, and universities are are closed. You know, again, except for online stuff. So, so something actually, Michelle Blakely said recently made me think about it she's like this is really kind of testing the what she say the tensile strength of my skinny jeans so mm. some people are worried about fat gain uh obviously based on the listener mail this week some people are worried about muscle loss so obviously like i mentioned from that advanced nutrition book you can influence this let's just say several percent up or down i don't think it's going to be uber dramatic in any short period of time but you can influence it with what you eat, whether it's fat loss or muscle gain. Obviously, that's sort of my field. But let's start with you, Phil. Uh, do you have a goal uh, over break? You said you were training pretty much the same. Um, do you have like eating wise? Do you have a goal? No, my only goal right now is I, I jacked up my knee, and what we think is I slightly tore my lateral meniscus, mm. and. Uh, like a grade one or grade two. I, mean, it's, I can walk on it. It just hurts. So basically, I've been doing stuff to 
make it feel better. And what I can do right now is lots of swings. And so I'm doing Dan John's 10,000 swing challenge thing and super light high rep leg extensions and then some kind of upper body assistance work every day. So I've lost 10 pounds without trying. So <laughs> my eating has stayed the same, <laughs> but I'm doing freaking thousands of swings every week. So, and then we've also started, you know, we live on five acres, so I'm being a little more active outside with the kids and stuff because they're, they're locked up, but we have this five acre playground that is all our own. So yeah, I haven't changed much of eating at all. We, uh, we processed one of my goats last weekend, so we're eating lots of goat and, uh, okay. just, just eating as normal. I mean, we're eating at home more, so, which we always did that anyways, but now even more so than normal, but, uh, lots of meats and veggies and rice. Like last night I had rice with some goat and we made like a, um, uh, curry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, what about frequency of meals? Do you eat three times a day, four? Is it different from before the lockdown? Yeah, I'm busy, so I'm probably eating less because that's the way I tend to get. I'm one of those people that will forget to eat if I get busy. Like, yeah. oh, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I haven't eaten anything yet. <laughs> um, but not on purpose. I mean, I'm not purposely cutting down. And uh, I'd probably I, I'd say I average three meals a day. So Just three ba- balanced yeah. kinds of meals, yeah. Uh, Meat, veg, some starch, yep. whatever. Just fill. I don't have time to. I mean, I've done the whole six, seven times eating a day. I can't. I don't have time for that. You know, I, I actually work for a living. Yeah, and it's tough to get that in, man. It's easier for me, and I haven't found and a large benefit out of it of eating that many times a day. Uh, the only time I'll eat more is when I'm going up, and that's more just I just graze all day, and I purposely do that. You know, that's the easiest way for me to go up is I just purpose, I just have one meal a day. It starts when I wake up and it ends when I go to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, I get it. That's the change I make. But right now it's just I just eat when I'm hungry. Hey, I'm hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. And I hang on to weight pretty good. You know, I'm in the 250s right now mm-hmm. without trying. Mm-hmm. So it's a good point about the extra time. I mean, when you eat big like competitively it is incredibly time consuming dear it god is. the prep oh, yeah. and then just the shoveling yeah. <laughs> shoveling it in yep. you know just it's old it gets old so it's nice for me to have breaks like this like i don't mind going 12 hours without eating not on purpose like it's it, I'm accidentally intermittent fasting just because hey i'm busy <laughs> and it doesn't matter you know yeah. so i i don't like my life being ruled by food and a lot of people get that way so it's like i'll just eat when i need to so right yeah now the on the flip side people have more time now so if they wanted to do a lot of prep and really get into it i can almost see that too because you're not you know sacrificing work because like you when i get busy sometimes i'm like even online i'm like shackled to my keyboard right now because i've got a lot of students and i want to respond to them and make them feel like i'm here you know and grading papers and all that has really ramped up because it's very hard to do group work the way that i used to so i'm doing a lot of individual grading and like you I looked up to the clock the other day, and it was 3 o'clock. I'm like, yep. oh, shit. You know. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's helpful, though, to at least acknowledge, like, I, I should eat on some kind of a schedule because things just blur for some people right now. You know, yep. like, what day is it? You know. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how about you? Uh, what's your goal during the whole shelter-in-place thing, food-wise? Uh, food-wise, I've actually been cutting back a little bit. Uh, my goal, body weight-wise, is... Initially, just to hit 215, hang out there. I mean, I'm pretty close. I was 218 and a half today, and today, yesterday was a higher day. 
Um, so I hit 214.9 like a week ago. So I'm you know not that far off uh, from it. And then from there, maybe I'll decide to go down to 210 or so. I mean, last time I was 215 was uh, 12 years ago, <laughs> I think, or wow. something. So a while, a while ago. So for food-wise, just, you know, for me, this is easier because I, you know, with travel, it's a lot harder. You have to be a lot more, I think, conscious of, you know, where it is. And I've got this crazy routine my assistant in india will tell me where the grocery stores are ahead of time and does the hotel have a fridge and you know all that kind of stuff just to make it easier wow but when you're home it's like oh yeah it's not that hard to to make mm-hmm. meals you know i'm normally doing three four meals a day i usually find if i can get four it works a little bit better uh, but like phil it's a it's extremely variable you know so i'll do more 12 hour ish overnight fast i've been doing that a little bit more lately uh, today will be a longer fast, uh, just on purpose. Um, so for me, actually being home is is easier, and you have more control over everything compared to where I'm normally at. Yeah, I will say. I mean, right now, uh, like I said, I just I, I know how to eat, but I mean, a big part of that, a big part of getting that way, like a big part of the way I got comfortable with just knowing how to eat was micromanaging my diet. So if oh, you're yeah. one of those people, if you, you know, by weighing everything and I did it for a long time and scheduling everything. And from that you learn a ton. So, I mean, this might be the perfect time for some people who have never ventured on that side of the field. Like there's lots of power lifters out there that have never looked at diet at all. And they just train hard. And now let's say you're locked out of a gym. You just have stuff in your garage. Hey, maybe it's a good time to do that. You know, and get comfortable with that. You have nothing else going on. So you might as well use this as some way to, you know, change it up a little bit and let's control that. Maybe learn something. So by messing with your diet strictly for a month or two months or however long this thing lasts. Mm -hmm. So You know how I started with them, you guys, was when I was a teenager, it was back in the days, I don't know if you guys remember, I don't even know how pervasive they were, but there were there was like this uh, nutrition facts chart you could put on your fridge and it was reversible, but it was basically all the major foods, you know, just the most commonly eaten foods and how many grams of protein, carbs, and fats was in a serving. It didn't drill down. Now I know everybody's apps and there's endless tables and all this kind of stuff, but it was just sort of Mm -hmm. a a quick review chart. Uh, And I learned a ton, you know, like, oh, a chicken Mm -hmm. breast, that's got about 30 grams of protein in it. You know what I mean? And that's a split breast. That's not the double-sided one. You know, it's it's just the the half breast kind of thing. And and you just kind of learn a lot of this. You know, how many grams of carbs are in a cup of rice or cereal or – so I would recommend if you can find one of those, a decent one, like Google Image, I imagine there's something decent out there. Uh, And if you doubt something – double check it you know you can obviously use all kinds of apps and websites and if you're skeptical about what they're saying but i'm actually a big fan of that just you know magnet to your fridge if you Mm -hmm. like you said phil if you've never done it before you're like listen i'm gonna try to eat four times a day like regular uh three big meals or four medium meals a day uh, just so you remember because if you don't eat i do think that's going to worsen the risk of something like muscle loss and i worry about muscle loss as much as i worry about fat gain you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not heavily built. Um, I'm probably 205 right now-ish. Um, and But I get up and I'm like, well, I better eat something. Like I love to have my oats and berries in the morning. So if I do that, that's a nice start for the day. Um, when I worked, I probably did not have anything but coffee between when I left for work and maybe 
you know, 1230, like lunchtime. Now, though, I'll eat mid-morning. I mean, yeah, you know, and I think maybe for muscle mass reasons, because that ends up being maybe more of a four times a day instead of three. I mean, it might be helpful that way. But yeah. I do think you got to be careful. If you're prone to fat gain, constant grazing, and never being in a fasted state is probably not, not the best mm-hmm. either. So it depends on the goal so much, you know. Oh, it's so much easier now. Like back in the day when I, like you were talking about, back in the day when I did this, like I had a book. Yeah. <laughs> a mm-hmm. hard copy book. And you had to, oh, where's the chicken? Okay, there it is. Okay, 30 grams of this weighs that much. You know, everything was in a book. Now you got all these apps and, yeah, it's so easy for people now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. And even then, I, I still make clients do some of the work, right? So I'll say, okay, I want you to hit four meals at 40 grams of protein. You know, here's some good protein sources. If it had eyeballs on it, probably, you know, start there. And then the next question is like, well, but how much is that really? And what if I have this steak or this chicken? I'm like, no, just, you know, look it up. Like, oh, but you won't tell me what it is? It's like, I know what it is, but I want you to take an active role in the process. And when I'm not here helping you, you know, you know where to go to look to see what things are. And mm-hmm. it's it's always amazing when they actually have to go look stuff up, how shocked they are. Or if you just kind of tell them, it doesn't really seem to sink in as much, I guess. Um, I remember the first time I had a, a client years ago. And I said, okay, when you go out for your business meals, just I just want you just to log that business meal in, you know, at the time, MyFitnessPal. I use Chronometer now. Um, and just let me know what it is. He's like, oh, no, I don't eat that much when I go out. I'm like, okay. I said, what did you have for dinner? He's like, well, I had fettuccine Alfredo. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Your job is to go look that up. Mm-hmm. Comes back and he goes, holy shit. Yeah. I didn't realize there was that much fat in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's all it is. Uh, um, but, yeah, so I think doing that process of just the awareness, if you haven't done it, and, you know, the next level down, like you guys said, is just taking a digital scale and actually weighing stuff for a while, yeah. you know, so you, you kind of know what it looks like. And after you've done that for many, many, many hours, mm-hmm. like even now, I'm not technically logging anything like, eh, I may weigh rice or I may weigh stuff that I know I will tend to just kind of overeat and go, yeah, that looks like five ounces, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I get to the point where I need to be a little bit more granular, then, okay, now I, I kind of know what to do. But uh, teaching people those those habits is is useful. Yeah, I'm actually a fan of the hand model for estimating yeah. foods. You know, the the whole palm three or four ounces, and your fist is about a cup. And and you know, I invariably get like the football lineman, like my hand's not as small as yours. Yeah, I get it, right? But I also <laughs> I'm not delusional. People aren't going to measure gram for gram forever. You know, I yeah. mean, if you've got a target date diet and you're really focused, but um, yeah, it's okay to estimate this stuff for the most part. Because to your point, yeah, Mike, like if you do look up just in a cursory way, I knew where you were going with the Alfredo stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain things like, go look up, here's a shock, everybody. Go look up one small piece, like one eighth of a pecan pie. Mm. Holy God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you want to gain some weight? Oh, I'm a hard gainer. Yeah, well, there you yeah. go. Yeah, my go. shock two years ago actually was when I started logging stuff, you know, more often again was, you know, one of the little bag of chips you get at Chipotle. Holy crap. That was almost as much as the entire bowl of Chipotle I ate. Oh, I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Wow. And then when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, oil laden corn. OK, yeah, that right. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oil soaked, <laughs> soaked corn. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
this does bring up uh, peripherally something. Another e- uh, email I got this week from David, and he was just asking about plant versus animal uh, protein quality. And Mike, you mentioned something that jogged my memory about it with the, you know, start with something that once had eyeballs kind of thing. Um, the reason that this is very timely is because I have a lot of students, and they all went out to look at a different nutrition documentary, and they're analyzing uh-huh. what they think. And for me, my biggest concern, my biggest fear is that they listen to something for 90 minutes and they're so swayed by one of these nutrition documentaries, which we all know cherry pick evidence, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes. And they're willing to like throw away four years of college education <laughs> in 90 minutes, you know, uh, like I don't want to hear something like, oh, I, I watched Game Changers and now I realize protein is not necessary. Oh, boy. You know, or you could just get that from plants. Well, sort of, you know, if you eat a wide variety (laughs) and you plan. But anyway, so then I got into this sort of discussion uh, with David, listener David, about, you know, what's the difference between like incomplete versus complete proteins? You know, plants incomplete. They they lack one or more of the essential aminos. You know, uh, animals are complete proteins. But then beyond that, there's very granular scales, you know, like the PDCAAS or – the D-I-A-A-S, and I mean, these are scales that will literally put a number on things so you can really see to our point about like checking grams of this and that or checking numbers. You can actually get on like a 1.00 scale or even slightly above uh, a number for how high quality these different proteins are between digestibility. You know, plant proteins are typically thought to be a little bit less digestible, so you might have to eat more, you know, or wider variety and just more you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, getting a high-quality protein source in every, you know, three or four hours, probably not a bad idea. And the protein itself is going to be almost completely unlikely to cause any fat gain. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's got calories. No, it's protein. Like, relax. If it's a – now, I don't mean protein Big Mac. That's not just protein. <laughs> that's what people tend to think, right? Oh, Big Mac, that's that's protein. No, that's – like pink goo squirt into circles <laughs> served with lots of mayo and refined junk. You know, that's not exactly what I'm talking about here. But, I mean, anyway. Yeah. And your point on that, too, if the dose is high enough, you're probably going to be okay, right? So there's a study looking at 20 grams acutely of whey protein was equal to about 40 grams of rice protein and about 60 grams of a, a wheat hydrolysate that they used in different studies so if you get a high enough dose, you're probably going to be be okay with that, too. Yeah, yeah. just got to go for more, you know, more variety yep. and just more volume, really. Um, yeah, and if people really want it, I did an article for the NSCA uh, Personal Trainer Quarterly on what types of protein are best for resistance training athletes. They can find it, and obviously, Lonnie and I and a bunch of other people helped with the whole book on exercise and protein and fills on the cover, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, what about pros and cons, Phil? If you just kind of think about stuck at home, like you're in a very unique situation because you're sort of more self-sustaining, you know, being the mm-hmm. sort of a, I don't know if you call it gentleman's farm. It's not a giant commercial farm, <laughs> but yeah. um, any pros and cons for you being at home when it comes to food choices or prep or is it all just identical? Man, nothing's changed a lot because I, I work out of my home office a lot. So, I mean, there's less, 
there's less times I'm just rolling down to the gym and stopping and getting something. So that's probably the only change. I mean, there's just Mm – because I'm pretty apt to, oh, I'm driving down, I'll stop and get a drink, and, oh, I end up getting a Reese's (laughs) (laughs) while I'm at it. But uh, so that stopped a bit. But I mean, no, I mean, I generally don't. I eat the same kind of year round. Like I said, the only thing that happens to me is I just do more of it. So I eat, I tend to gravitate towards eating home a lot just because I, I don't know, I like good food. Well, Phil, well, what about since you're you're not going to the gym for hours at a time? Did you used to pack a lunch? Like one of the things that I do differently is. I used to pack a lunch, and my lunches were pretty pristine. I mean, literally like chicken yeah. breast and baby carrots and stuff. And at home, I can tell you that's not – I'm not eating the same way because I'm not packing yeah. a lunch. When I pack a lunch, I know I'm a captive audience when I'm two yeah, hours you're away. you ahead. Yeah. Is that the um, same for you, or did, did did you always come home for lunch or whatever, you know? Yeah, I was generally, I was generally at home when we ate, but I'll bring something in the evenings because I'll be there, you know, all afternoon until late in the evening. <clears throat> um because as you know, I mean, people that are strength coaches have weird hours. I go there when other people aren't at work. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the nature of the business. So dinner time, we were at the gym. But, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't have to bring things with me, you know. So it's easier for me to – it's honestly easier for me to eat well now because I'm just always here. Mm-hmm. So – and I have no excuse because our freezer is full of nothing. We just don't bring bad stuff into the house, and it makes it easy not to eat bad stuff if you do that. Yeah. So uh, it's really easy for me to make good choices because that's all the choices I can make. I think so. I think I'm almost opposite. Like right now, my my problem is these quasi healthy snack foods. You know, mm-hmm. like there's stuff like um, I get these like bean chips and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it's got fibers, beans. You know, and yeah. but then you know you yeah. open a bag of that and you know one of the things lifters can do. I can easily wipe out a bag of you know one of these kinds of chips. Oh yeah. Uh, I did. I did get some Quest chips, and I might even do some kind of taste test. Maybe we, I should start just, you know, FedExing you guys some stuff, and we can do taste tests. Like if we ever do video stuff, we'll do taste tests. But they're um, the Quest chips are a little. They're not what I expected. Really, they feel very fragile and thin, and c- kind of greasy. I mean, they're not bad. I mean, you got to think about what they mm. are. There's like 18 grams of whey protein in there. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to taste like a regular corn chip like Mike talked about at Chipotle or something, you know. But um, but I have to be careful with that because I if I have that stuff on hand and there's, you know, or like those um, pea, you know, that stuff that's made from pea flour. They're shaped like green peas. Mm-hmm. They're actually probably pressed into that shape. But um, pea flour snacks, mm-hmm. they're not bad for you, really. But if I'm not careful, I'll just like snack on that crap all day. You know, and so I, I didn't need to be careful with the quote unquote healthy snacks because even they will add up quite a bit, I think. But uh, Mike, what about you for pros and cons of sheltering in place food wise? Yeah, I mean, similar to you guys. I mean, if if I'm I've been trying to do a little bit more routine based stuff in the morning. So like like Phil, normally I work at a co-working place when I'm at home. Uh, similar to you, Lonnie, I just pack my lunch, so I have my little super smoothie in the morning. I have my oatmeal when I'm down there. I've got my lunch, you know, normally already predetermined there. So if I wanted to get something else, I actually have to, you know, walk somewhere and buy it. And it's just more of a convenience not to do that. And then normally lift in the afternoon. Uh, so being at home, like when I get more stressed and it's like, oh, I haven't really eaten yet. Oh, I've only got five minutes before this next call. 
oh, I'll have a cookie. That'll be fine. <laughs> you know, mm. and end of the day, you look like, I ate five cookies today. Oh, that's not the end of the world. But, you know, if you're trying to get significantly leaner, probably not the, the best nutritional choices either. So mm-hmm. um, so we've been doing things. My sister made us some really good ginger snaps, which are amazing. Uh, so I took the whole container and just shoved it in the freezer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that way I don't have to stare at it. And then yep. two, when they're frozen, you eat them a lot slower too, which is a good thing. Um, so just doing stuff like that to move things out of out of the way and kind of control your environment a little bit more. And then also for me, just even when I was in Costa Rica for two weeks, I did the experiment of, you know, it was very easy for us because, you know, they gave us all the food and, you know, just good stuff like veggies and rice and protein. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if I just lift and hang out down here, just eat till I'm full you know, didn't really have any other foods per se, other than a couple of times we went out to a cafe. And after two weeks, didn't get on the scale once, didn't measure anything, didn't do anything. You know, came home and after the fluid loss from the flight and all that stuff, and yeah, I still ended up losing two pounds. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a, a nice reminder that, oh, if you eat, you know, kind of whole foods, then you can mm-hmm. stay relatively full and you don't feel like you're missing a lot mm-hmm. so where i can i go off the rails is i start get busy like you guys skip meals and all of a sudden i'm hungry and i look and i'm like oh man i got like five minutes before another call and i've got another call after that and then it's the, yeah gets to be kind of a disaster some days then <laughs> right yeah for sure you know one of the things that it has affected me it doesn't sound like it's affecting phil as much but is my total energy expenditure is way down i mean oh yeah i used to now, I used to spend two hours on the road total in commute to work, but when I was at work, not only did I have that pristine lunch, but I was up and down the stairs two at a time, you know, 50 times a day back to my mm-hmm. office to, or to the lab, you know, just running around or in the classroom. or And now I'm sort of shackled to a keyboard, like I said. So, I mean, I got to think about the energy intake side, or I probably will start you know, getting a gut if I'm not, gonna, mm-hmm. if I'm not careful because the, the energy expenditure side, I mean, yeah, I might go downstairs and lift, but to be completely honest, even though it might be three or four times a week, the workouts are about half maybe of when I used to go to Pep's gym, you know, um, I'll try to do like 20 minutes on the elliptical and then I'll go downstairs and dabble around with some lightweight, whatever, you know, like compound lifts, squats or deads or something. But yeah, my total energy expenditure is down. So I'm going to have to keep that in mind too, the whole energy balance thing. Cause I'm not, I don't have a farm to run around on yeah, know, stuff like that. Yeah. Mine's up. Mine's up. I, I decided to wear my wife's watch yesterday that has a pedometer on her Garmin watch and just to see what I did. And I had 22,900 steps yesterday. Whoa. So, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm freaking all over the place. So all around the farm and all around the warehouse. Cause I'm, I'm wearing like seven hats now. Because a lot of my people, oh, are yeah, and oh. so I'm doing, I'm doing their job, and right? So yeah, yeah. I was much more in your your camp, Lonnie. I realized that like super fast that uh, because a lot of my stuff is online. I'm running a online mentorship now, and I'm trying to get other products that got pushed up, you know, out because everyone is transitioning everything online now. So all the timelines got rejiggered and stuff. So I realized that. I need to actually actively take like two walks. Like, so when I worked at a co-working place, you know, you have to get down there, you got to park. It was on the fourth floor. So you got to walk up the stairs. If you want to ever leave and do anything, you got to go down four flights of stairs, come right. back up. And now it's just like, 
oh, wake up and it's like 20 steps to my keyboard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so I've, I've also been running the aerobic base experiment too. So I've been getting up each morning doing uh, some stuff on the rower, got the stationary bike going. So I'm on about day, I think, 14 in a row of, of doing that each morning. Uh, in addition to some weight training most afternoons, probably six days a week. And then I realized I had a program like actual time to take like two walks, you know, just to hit eight to 10,000 steps a, a day where before I would just do one in the morning. I was you know, definitely good for the whole day. Right. Yeah. Kelly and I are going for like half hour walks, I would say most yeah. days, but it, it's I don't think it's even compensating for how little I'm moving. Frankly, I think I'm going to yeah. do what you do, though. Um get back to the even if it's just 20 minutes on the elliptical or something it, yeah. when i first wake up like fasted just get on there uh turn on the right jeans for the day <laughs> you know with some exercise mm. you know something like yeah. that and i just started really you know like doing i started this probably a year and a half ago i was just doing literally six minutes on the rower in the morning you know and now i got a bike so i mean the other morning i was up to you know, seven to 11 minutes on the rower, which is a little bit higher intensity and then 17 minutes on the bike. Right. So I just said, okay, I'm going to start by getting on the thing, even if it's three minutes, which literally the first yeah. day I think was five minutes. And then I'm just going to add one minute each day, you yeah. know, till I get you know, about a half hour, six to seven days a week, you know, cause if I'm doing a half hour, six days a week, that's like three hours, you know, mm -hmm. which is, way more than what I was doing before. And yeah. if someone hasn't done that before, that's that's a pretty significant difference over time compared to... It adds to up, yeah. That's a lot of hours over time. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, we're already drifting into this area, but last question. Phil, what would be your advice to someone? I mean, obviously, most people aren't going to be in your situation. So if, if someone came to you, one of your people, and they said, you know, how do I eat during this whole lockdown and, and shelter in place thing, what, what, what advice might you have? God, I think the easy advice would be just, you know, get a list of food that you know is good stuff that you should be eating. Go shop and only buy that. Mm -hmm. If you don't <laughs> have the stuff in your house, you can't eat it and you're under quarantine now. Yeah. So you can't just, it's not as easy to just go pick it up. So if you just fill your house up and covers up with massive amounts of good stuff. And then just that's, that's your choice. This is what I got. Yeah. So I mean, just, yeah, that'd be the easiest. Yeah. Don't bring it home. That's good advice. Yep. How about you, Mike? <clears throat> Piece of advice for someone during the lockdown? Yeah, I agree. I mean, with, you know, some of my online clients that, you know, they're rightfully very, you know, stressed out and, you know, body weight kind of went up a little bit and it just took a little bit of time for us to kind of reframe it that, you know, the circumstances are what they are. There's probably not much we're going to do to change that. Um, but if you're trying to get leaner, this, in my opinion, is probably the perfect time. Like you can completely double down on your own routine. You probably have a little bit more time. And like Phil said, you can control your environment a lot more than what you probably were able to before. Right? You don't have to worry about Bob bringing 12 dozen donuts into the office and you have to stare at him all day. You know, you control what food you bring in your house or have delivered and just, you know, double down on having more protein, veggies, you know, if you need carbs for, you know, where you're at. And then you can, you know, control that environment because you're kind of stuck there, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not exposed to all the normal food cues and what everybody else brings in compared to in the past. Yeah. 
you know, self driver kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it would be partly one thing you said, which is the convenience, like making healthy stuff like a convenience food. So if it's something that's a little more naughty, like the cookies you're talking about, freezing it, it's a classic trick, right? So yeah. I like that. Not only are you going to change the probably the glycemic index for the better, but it makes it that much less accessible. Uh, and then the good stuff, like I, I buy bags of pre-cooked, like at Sam's Club, I get these like mesquite chicken breasts, and they're already cooked. I can nuke them for 90 mm-hmm. seconds, and then I'm like, I just need to eat something. I look up at the clock, like Phil and I both been suggesting lately, and you too, Mike, like, oh my God, you know, it's three o'clock. Yeah. I, I can just go eat. It's already cooked. I don't have to sit there and cook it for 25 minutes or something. I just nuke mm-hmm. it and eat it, you know? So c- making the lean protein foods or the vegetables somehow more convenient so you can just reach in the fridge and grab them slice apples you know and throw them into a bag or something so you can just grab a handful kind of thing of apple pieces there's probably a lot of ways that you can make things just so convenient like as soon as you open the fridge it's easy to grab and why are convenience mm-hmm. foods like those munch bags of munchies why are they so dangerous because you could just grab them and just go at it right now and if you can if you can pre-prep a little, because people should have time, yeah, then when you open your fridge or your pantry, it's like, oh, look, I've got these choices, like beef jerky or chicken breast or some, I don't know, vegetables and dip or something. Uh, it's just got to be a better approach. And my other my other advice, I guess, would be get on some kind of a schedule. You know, if yeah. everything's just a blur of s- endless snacking and sitting on your your recliner and you know binge watching Amazon or Netflix that's not going to be good for any type of physique goals you know cuz mm-hmm. then you're almost like the bed rest studies you know yeah so that's not, yeah. not good either yeah i find protein is almost always the rate limiter right so i'm a big fan of having people batch cook protein ahead of time cuz if you open your fridge and there's a chicken breast and it's raw, you're like, oh, man, it's like 10 minutes to start the grill and I got to do this. And like, oh, it's a bunch of Oreos. Oh, screw it, Oreos. Right. <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, there's some stuff for everybody I'll... to think about Yeah, while you're sheltering in place, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll just see you next week. See you next see you. week. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, The stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. 
So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org. And um, let us know what you think on the forums. And certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.